This recording was made on Goringai country, Northern Beaches, New South Wales. It's the only way that you can describe what a person is, describe what they do. There doesn't seem to be much job satisfaction or pleasure in this picture. Okay guys, we need to start with a hypothetical. Okay, ready? Okay. You have been saving up time off and money and goodwill with the missus and everything else that needs to go into a holiday. Yes, a holiday. We're going up the coast. The car is finally packed. We're finally hit the Hornsby turn off. Oh my gosh, because that North Connects toll is so bloody expensive. I don't want to drive in the new tunnel. Doesn't even matter. Everyone's happy. You've been on the motorway now, the M1, heading north from Sydney. You've maybe been driving for four hours. So you're somewhere near Kempsey. And hey, I've just thrown out Kempsey, and I do not mean this as sing, sing, signaling? Singling. Come on, Rolls. <laughs> singling out Kempsey. Because I'm not. I'm not at all. What I'm about to identify to you is a situation because as you speed past Kempsey, not speed, sorry, as you cruise past B, Kempsey at the speed limit, um, you start to notice the highway is covered in rubbish, like covered in rubbish. And you only notice it because you've started paying attention to the vegetation alongside of you and gone, oh, wait, that's funny. I'm pretty sure nothing about vegetation is fluorescent pink. But, but for some reason, I'm seeing a lot of fluorescent pink or maybe a bright blue. Wow. Wow. Bright blue. That's a weird color in all the green that's not supposed to be there. And then suddenly you sort of think to yourself like, oh my gosh, I've just noticed rubbish on the side of the road, which means that I'm aware of it, but I haven't done anything about it. I'm not really about to just pull the car over and hold everybody up, hold up my holiday, this thing I've been looking forward to for so long. Sorry, sorry, dad, why are you pulling over? To pull out a garbage bag and spend two hours cleaning up one piece of nondescript motorway? Wow, you're cool and normal. <laughs> Do you know, okay, the, the hypothetical that I'm getting at is the fact that pollution, like rubbish pollution, direct trash pollution, is so ubiquitous that I kind of defy anyone who says they've picked up every single piece of rubbish they've ever seen. And not because I'm completely pessimistic, but because, I mean, you'd probably be in jail by that point for how many road accidents you've caused. Tra rubbish is everywhere. Rubbish is everywhere. And so there's this weird thing about knowing the rubbish is there and then not necessarily doing anything about it. And isn't that the crazy thing, by the way? Because if you've been on the M1 up and down the east coast of Australia, turning into the Bruce Highway, the Princess Highway, whatever, you know that there's actually people, I don't know if you've seen them, there's actually people, presumably locals, who chuck on a high-vis and actually do clean up pieces of motorway. And if those people aren't the truest heroes in Australia, what a thankless job, what a dangerous job. And they didn't make all that rubbish, but I'm guessing they just live so close and therefore are so intimately acquainted with the hypothetical that I've just described. Perhaps they've just seen so many holiday makers who are arguably responsible for a lot of the trash, just pinning it north, caravan on the back, surfboards on the roof, 
bicycle tied to the back with a few suspect knots and they just seem to not give a shit and then the rubbish is there and if they don't pick it up then maybe it'll just be there forever it's the rubbish just is such an all-consuming thing to think about like once you start thinking about it especially when you i don't know i kind of went into this with the following conversation that you're about to hear but i have this weird sort of tick where if i if my cognition is working effectively, it can almost be crippling to realize, oh, wow, I just saw a problem and did nothing about it, which is therefore saying to the rest of the world that that's fine with me and I accept it. And yeah, I mean, you kind of have to accept that some things about the world suck roles and you can't fix all of them. But there's some things you can fix. And so rubbish is a really good example of what you see is what you accept. So if you just, if you, if it's under your feet, not necessarily the tires of a car and you don't pick it up, then it's literally like when I see that, I'm just, it's this kind of really scary signal that it's fine. Don't worry about it. I'm not worried about it. You know, when you see someone do that and it's just like, man, do you, wow, shit. Now I have to walk all the way over there and pick it up. Okay, now this is, I'm getting lost in the weeds here and you've clicked into this podcast to listen to a conversation with my friend Leah, which is what you're going to get. And I'm going to stop talking so that you can listen to her instead of just me because I'm getting lost doing this thing that, actually, this is another thing that we talked about (laughs) is I, I just, I've come to this acknowledgement of plurality about myself. I know that there's a million different versions of me. I'm trying to sort of, I guess, merge them together as best I can so that they're all similar people, the people that live in my head, that is, so that there's not too radical of a change, you know, between conversations day to day through the week. Um, But I'm aware and I've just kind of accepted this thing about myself that there's just, there's a million different versions of, of me, you know, and maybe you're the same or maybe I'm just confessing that I should be in a straight jacket right now and you, you just can't relate to that at all. That's fine. I mean, I won't know. And you will never really know the extent of what I'm talking about because that's kind of like what being a human is, is never never actually knowing what all the other humans are thinking. Um, but that came up in this conversation as well. And I've kind of... Oh, anyway, I can just stop talking. Whatever. I, I don't need to introduce this conversation too much. I think I'm getting in my head. This is just a conversation between mates. I've been friends with Leah for almost 10 years. Wow. Wow. Okay, maybe, no, eight years. That's almost 10 years. We'll round that up. Anyway, she's an outrageously cool human being and an outrageously dedicated eco-warrior. And so that just makes her instantly one of my all-time favorite people to talk to with or without a microphone. But it is always such a treat to just clip one on and have a yarn. So enjoy it, friends. See you at the end. And then I go to my brother's place and my brother's lawn like I want to make angels in his lawn. It's because that it's be- overgrown or it's no, nice? No, because it's so beautiful. Like all I want to do is lie down his lawn. <laughs> in fact, have you, actually, took- you must have done it. I you have, do it I've, that done badly. It, I've done it multiple <laughs> times. And every time I go over, which is only twice with Nick, I'm like, how nice is the lawn? Just touch it. Just touch Don't you want to do grass angels? <laughs> Jump down, my brother doesn't mind. He's cool with it. I'm like, hey, Jared, don't mind me. I'm just <laughs> doing grass angels in your lawn. Do you worry about ticks ever? Because I, I appreciate no. a good lawn, 
but no, tits are like always it's... in my mind, especially on the northern beaches, because there's one that gives you Lyme disease or makes you allergic to meat yeah. or something. Yeah, that's true. I don't know. Tits to are gnarly. Fair, I haven't thought about it till now. Sorry, I feel and really bad. And now I really feel, I feel like you might now. have ruined my grass no. experience. That's all right. I'm sorry. Um, I hope I haven't. No, I mean, you have. <laughs> well, I just, I, I remember hearing that story. Second, it was like a mate of a mate or some, some yeah, like, oh, yes, please. It was some secondhand version of like, oh, you know, a guy I used to know, my, my neighbor or a guy I surfed with, he got it. He knew a guy who got a tick and then he's got Lyme disease or something. They, and, then, and that does happen. <laughs> it was unsubstantiated, be... <laughs> but it was just close enough to home for me to be like, ah, oh, shit, I'm going to start thinking about that every time. I feel like they're more in more. bushes, though, aren't they, than grass. I don't know. And, like, I would I only do it on a, Thank like, you good much. patch. You're welcome. I hope you like peppermint tea. I love it. Um, I would only do it on, like, make an angel on, like, a really good like a trustworthy piece of grass. So, a piece you know? of grass that belongs to someone you can sue if you get a tip. Exactly. Like your brother. Like my brother. <laughs> Sorry, Dad. You just say what you always say to him, which is, look, brother, you know you know me, you know I'm a litigator, you know that I'll take you to the bank if I get sick, but um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to Scrooge McDuck into your grass over here and start doing some grass angels, bruh. Sweet blades. I'm digging your blade action. Is that about how you talk to your brother? <laughs> I don't know where that just went. I'm taking a blade action <laughs> is exactly what I say to my brother on the rack. That's your catchphrase with your brother. <laughs> uh, Try it out with him. See if it catches on. Yeah, yeah, we'll, now. well, he's at our place every day now because he's doing construction. So I'll, uh, try, I'll watch this space for tomorrow. So are you across different species of grass? No, there's one particular that I really like. Like, like right now where we're sitting, you can see there are two distinct different... Yes, grasses. Grasses. Yes, species, if you will. <laughs> species. <laughs> So how long I'm pretty much a horticulturalist. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but I only know, like, I can see that, obviously, and yeah. I can feel it, but I only know the difference in texture. I don't know what the actual difference is between, differences between, like, that short, fat-bladed grass, how salt-resistant it is compared to oh, this no. one and all yeah. that stuff. No, uh, like, I'm purely only for the angels. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I know what would feel nice, on, you know, as a grass angel. <laughs> Anyway, that's, that's a fun fact for um, me. That is a fun fact for me. And you said it was just for me, but I surreptitiously turned the microphone. Oh, did you? Oh, I through, so did. I can edit this, but I think it's a se- I think it should be a secret about you for everyone. Oh, okay. I mean, I love well. I'm partial to grass as well. You know that about me. Yeah, that's true. That's a, I feel like that's a different species of grass all up there, right? Not to the point where, like, I'm instructing people to come to my neighbourhood, like you just did, to look at a specific house's really? patch of lawn. Yeah, where you're like, okay. you, don't know, you don't know lawn, man. <laughs> You don't. Isn't lawn pretty weird though? You know you can get lots of different types of your grasses though. Are you talking about lawn or cannabis? Cannabis. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you would know those species. I mean, I've I've acquainted myself with them when I've been in countries where that's a legal thing to do to acquaint yourself with them. Well, I mean, like you go to Amsterdam and you get the opportunity to actually specify here's this type of cannabis here's what you can expect it to do, whereas like... To be fair, I've never done that, and I feel like I'm missing out. Well, I've never I, been to Amsterdam. I got quite infatuated by the concept that we just have like a blanket rule against it here in Australia. Yeah, we do. And as like, I don't know how, how many other countries still do, but that's kind of like, it, for me, for, in my opinion, kind of like... Medicinal only. Well, medicinal, only, medicinal yeah. only, or whatever rules you want to make, it kind of ignores the fact that it's not one thing. Like, there's specific things just like there's specific types of food that you'd eat at different times of the day or 
you know, there's opportunity to really specify what's going to mesh well, what's going to work, and what it's going to do and stuff. But you don't get that here, so. This is true. Yeah. We don't get that educational experience. Yeah, it's it, more about yeah, it's more about like <laughs> this will re- alleviate pain. Yeah, it's more about self tuition, I suppose. Much yeah, like true. you diving into various types of lawn and trying a snow angel out, you know. Yeah, you got to just get yeah. in there head first and <laughs> suss it out for yourself, don't you? <laughs> well, that's what I do. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly. So anyway, you, um, um, one thing that I wanted to raise. I've actually got several specific things oh, I wanted wow. to raise okay. today. One thing that you just said while we were on the beach, mm. how like blown away you are by just get up. There's always so much more rubbish than you expect to find. Every time. Do you notice, there's a thing that I've noticed that happens where like my eyes adjust to it. Like when I walk into a dark room or turn the lights off quickly and suddenly I can't see anything. And then after a few minutes, your eyes have adjusted and, and recalibrated and stuff. And I find on the beach, like the first five minutes of picking up rubbish, I'm picking up way less in the same area than I would in the last five minutes where suddenly your eyes are like so tuned to it and you yeah. start noticing these little flecks of colour that shouldn't be there. And 100%. Just... Whereas if you're not looking, you can see how easy it would be if you're not in that mindset Fully. to walk straight yeah, past. exactly. And then you kind of think, well, you know, if when you are in that mindset, if I'm seeing all this, how are other people not? But yeah. it's taken you five minutes to get into that mindset. Yeah, yeah. And everyone, it's not often that people are walking and looking at the ground for the sake of walking and looking at the ground. They're like walking with their head up to go from A to B. Yeah, that's so And not true. concentrating on the ground they're walking on. I know. Yeah, but like that's almost, I feel like that's what makes it really a compulsive thing to actually dedicate time to go and do it. Because when that starts into, if you do look down, and you're on a A to B mission and yeah. suddenly you start noticing rubbish everywhere and you're like, shit, because I've seen this, this is what I, my, my thought process is like, I've seen this now, am I a bad person because I'm not picking it up because I'm going from A to B? And like, there's rubbish that I still, yeah. I know this about myself, but I know that I don't pick up every bit of rubbish that I see. And I like, I don't know whether everyone else is the same, whether I'm just a complete asshole from doing that. Well, but I guess this is what I was saying about Nick before. Like, he legit, he'll see a piece of rubbish if we're just walking from A to B, even if we're going for dinner. Yep, yep. He'll pick it up. That's awesome. It's incredible. I'm like, who is this guy? And we'll just be walking along the beach, like down south, just strolling the beach as you do. And no bag, nothing, but he'll just hold it in his hand. And it's like, well, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't, he's not prepared like we were with the mm. little tongy things and the... <laughs> You know, the technical term is picker-upper. Picker-upper, yeah. yeah, you know. <laughs> is that actually the technical term? Well, I haven't found a better one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's what I referred to. I was trying to, like, you know, for I'm the I'm sure you could get the on listeners. the Bunnings catalogue and find out, but I prefer picker-upper. No, no, picker-upper, yeah. I, I know what you're saying. <laughs> I know what you mean. Um, yeah, but not yeah, prepared. We're just not prepared. Just pockets and stuff. And, Nothing. Yeah. And he'll just carry it. See, I like... I feel like... What a ledge. Yeah, absolute ledge. <laughs> Shout out, Nick. That's... But isn't that... Shouldn't that just be like the status quo when you're in... Certainly when you're at the beach. Like... Yeah. If you're at the beach... Take... You're not in a screaming hurry to get somewhere else. No. You know, unless... No. Uh, I mean, I guess like a lot of surfers are probably just sprinting up and down the beach because they get 40 minutes to surf in the middle of the day. But True. most people at the beach, like you're there to... You've got the time. So well, you, yeah. on that, down in Jervis about two weeks ago... It was a busy day, and there was there was plastic everywhere, and without you know saying the race that walked straight by. Whoa! 
many of them. We usually do the shit stuff. <laughs> the white people walked straight by it, but not me. Yeah. <laughs> no, it was actually me that picked it up. And it was clear. You couldn't have missed it. Mm. They were, we were all walking the same path. And they all kind of walked past it. Yeah. You kind of think, are you, do you not know what that means? Like, is it a lack of education or is it just ignorance? I think it's. I think or it's. Laziness. I think it's a big mixture. I don't know if that was rhetorical or not, but I have an answer for it. No, no, no. I want, no, that <laughs> answer. I'm pretty sure it's like a, mix, honest, a mixture of all of those things. Yeah. It's it's the, what we started talking about before, where like your eyes don't adjust or you're, they're not adjusted on a day to day basis. Having said that, my eyes adjust a little less further back each time. So like I am sensitised to notice it in places and pick it up where I wouldn't have usually. But like yesterday, for example, I was on my bike and I, you know, you're in traffic and I see it all through the gutter and I'm like, well, I know that's there now. Yeah. And what do I do the about guilt. that? The guilt. The yeah. guilt is real. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> so what do you do? So I, well, I, that's why I dedicate specific time for it okay. because otherwise it can cripple your your efficiency in like productivity. Well, I love that. Else. Just you know, rocking up. Hey, I was just going to do a quick, you know emu walk sure let's do that I love that yeah well that helps me then reconcile the times where you know I'm clipped in and going at 45 clicks and I'm like shit I see that Smith's wrapper there for sure I do I clocked it what you mean you don't like curl on the brakes (laughs) I don't have well I don't have brakes on that bike but yeah no I don't I just carry on (laughs) and I try like that's why I try and make the time to like reconcile when you can't it's hard. all the other pieces of rubbish you didn't pick up. Exactly, exactly. You've got to take two more from the beach. Well, I mean, I, no. I, I reckon... Look, you're not a bad human. I know that. You're doing you. more than what I would classify most of us are doing. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. That's pretty much all I want to be doing. I feel like if we were all just doing better than average, then that's how things get better. It's just constantly... The average just constantly gets better. 100%. Yeah. Imagine if we... But that... Well, that was we the second thing I was... all just did what you did. Right. How much less rubbish and then you wouldn't be in that situation of riding a bike and seeing the Smith's wrapper because technically it wouldn't be there so you wouldn't have this guilt yeah yeah but I mean there's so many things that go into that like yeah. not everyone can do what I do because not everyone has the ridiculous amount of privilege and time and opportunity to like choose what I do I don't, I'm not locked into like a mortgage yeah. or children or anything crazy no like I know that. but then you said you know when we're all at the beach like everyone's not, no, not doing anything they don't have to be anywhere they're yeah. at the beach well, that was the that was the, the second thing I was going to say as far as the mixture of like why like ignorance, bad education, not getting the problems, or they just not see it. I think so many people don't see it because they're not prepped for it, or they've just sort of normalised it to a point that it's become invisible, which is like terrifying <laughs> by its own right. But I think the other thing, this was a big thing that I noticed clicked for me and really changed my attitude in a big way, was connecting the rubbish on the beach to the food I'm eating because it's kind of like everyone's by now seen the visions of like straws coming out of turtle noses and dead seals hanging upside down with things around their necks and like all that really horrible images that have come out people have seen enough of that but I think because we're in such a weird concrete jungle civilization we're kind of far enough away from those ecosystems to pity it but not really connect it to its impact on us but I think there's, like there's more plastic in the ocean than fish or there's about know, to be or something like is, you know that statistic but that doesn't you can't compute that almost I know because like, we don't see it I know but then when you do 
it suddenly makes the fish and chips you go and get suddenly this profound spiritual like oh my god am I yeah you come to Jesus at that moment because you're like <laughs> am I am I just feel is this all plastic is it in this fish is it because I yeah. know it's small enough that I can't see it yeah. So how much of it am I actually consuming? What's that doing to me? Like, yeah, de I definitely think about it, for sure. I just didn't for the longest time. Oh, really? Yeah, I just didn't put it together. Like, that was just, that was, that was one of the connected dots moments that took longer than the rest to realise, like, oh, that's where the, the interdependence is. I don't know. We like, consume a lot of microplastics. Yeah. Just in... Do you freak out about that? <laughs> that's a scary. Well, that's yeah. Scary. A hundred percent. Like, imagine what that what that's doing to our bodies. But well, I'll try and like hope that. How do you change it? The danger I of plastic is the it. safety of it, in that it's inert. So hopefully it'll just pass through because your mouth to your anus is pretty much a tube. <laughs> Don't laugh at the word anus. Come on, we're done here. Are we? <laughs> but think about it this way: that's a tube that's outside your body. That's what Dr. Drew always says. Uh, and Dr. Who must be right. Absolutely. Yeah. If you think about it, like it's Dr. this. Ex, it's got this cell walls and like only the stuff that passes through those walls can go into your body and into your organs and actually contribute to your function as a meat robot but otherwise that's like how you get rid of waste it's, and stuff is it just doesn't go through body you in the first place it exactly. as waste and it's like mm -mm, so hopefully it's doing go. that with plastic but like hard to know what happens if it gets so small that it passes through the finest filters that our cell membranes have then what happens? I know. Well, I don't know. How, how scary is that? Imagine if, like, obviously, because we're, you know, the generation that, well, maybe maybe our parents' generation is more, you know, they've got the skin cancers and a lot more, you know, the lung cancer from smoking and they're kind of only just getting the, seeing the effects of that now. Yep. Do you think our generation is going to be seeing the effects of what microplastics Whoa. will be? Yeah. When, we're older it's like yes. oh he died of microplastics like there's not cancer it's microplastics oh my god you just gave me chills yeah <laughs> that's hardcore that's so profound that's yes hectic, that's so hectic that. especially because like you think about how i'm guilty of this i think demonizing generation x or whatever it is the baby boomers for yeah. like inventing plastic using too much crude oil all these things that have ruin the planet but they're also the generation like you're saying that's getting all the lung cancer all the skin yeah. cancer you know why do i laugh at that well it's like it's kind like, of yeah. like ironic retribution isn't it it's not like yeah true it's like they're getting off scot-free for poisoning the planet because they know isn't that case in point they poison the planet and they poison themselves in the process like that's that's exactly what you're saying but then okay but then you kind of look at it like we all know what what smoking does to our bodies yet people still do it yep so even though the education wasn't really, you know, back then to say, oh, cigarettes are bad. If anything, it was like, hey, smoke a cigarette. It helps relax you. It was, it was more encouraged yeah. back then. Would, I feel like people were still chosen to smoke regardless of the effects. Yeah. As in like, and that's people are still choosing to buy yeah. crazy overpackaged products and V8s and stuff. It's still knowing because yeah. they can't help it or, yeah. you know, they, yeah. there's no alternative which I'm guilty of it too don't get me wrong like, yeah you got to draw your line somewhere don't you how how do you not buy packaged food yeah unless you're going to the farmers markets and completely just buying fruit and veg but what about your berries like you can't ever buy raspberries or blueberries not in a yeah. plastic container yeah 
I know. And so then the hardcore, like I did this to myself at some point in time. Mm-hmm. I tried to hold myself to a better standard. Yeah. Like I've done Plastic Free July last couple of years and stuff, but I go, I talk to myself and I'm like, why should you deserve raspberries? Like there's plenty of other food. Deal with it. Like don't contribute. And I really like, like. What about the raspberry farmers that work really hard? <laughs> oh my god, you should be a politician, mate. <laughs> John Barillaro could use tears, you, I reckon. <laughs> Why do you hate Australians, mate? <laughs> okay, maybe, maybe not with the accent. Okay, can I ask you one question yeah. that I've been like dying to ask? Oh you? yeah, good. Because okay. you know, you can ask me anything. Do you think animals have mental health? One hundred percent. 100%. Do you know? No, I do. I do. But I'm just like interested in in that as an idea to explore our own mental health issues collectively. And like, because I've seen stuff like um, Blackfish and The Cove and like yeah. whatever documentary about animal subjugation, picket poison, it's like they're all fucking horrible. Well, Blackfish, I guess, is just the the prime example for, for it like that I watched that Sick. documentary and that really hit home for me oh yeah. you recently watched it no Did no I, I watched it? it a while ago oh okay um yeah that one really hit home I think 12 minutes in I was a I was a mess yeah. um because I saw the animals react to their babies being taken yes the orcas as a family because they're you know they're a pack animal and even just to see the emotion that, you know, they were just hanging around and making noises because their babies were being caught. Yeah. All animals have emotion. Yeah. So Think about your dog, how happy yeah, it is to see you at the end of the day. And mental health is emotion. It's a part of your emotion. So if we have emotions, animals have emotions, mental health would be a thing for your dog. Because dogs get diagnosed all the time with... Um, Oh, what's it called? Yeah, um, a friend of my mum's takes a cat to a cat psychologist. Oh, really? Yep. <laughs> what do they do? Psychology, dude. <laughs> so, what is troubling you today? Yeah, just lie back. Lie back. <laughs> what do you mean, a cat psychologist? How's, how's your job? Because you, you were whinging about that Graham character. <laughs> is he he's still giving you grief at the photocopier? <laughs> Isn't a psychologist someone who constantly asks you questions to help with your mental health? Yeah. So how would it work? As it may, uh, all I can think about answer. is that Chris Lilly thing where he's like, look, Diana, come on, do, paint, do some painting, Diana. <laughs> and you know that woman who pretends to be who can talk to animals? Yeah. She says she doesn't like when you go to work. She doesn't. She says she misses you. She's going to do a poo in your bed next time you go. Oh, <laughs> it's true, though. Yeah, but doesn't that make um, species loss like as if it wasn't the most confronting thing to think about? Australia is like a world leader in biodiversity loss. Are we? Yeah. Well, I think we're on par with Brazil or worse for uh, rainforest de- or deforestation rather. Oh my gosh, that's awful. Yeah. I didn't know that stat. Mate, North Queensland, the amount of land clearing that goes on up there and generally for, for new coal mines yeah, in that for Galilee mines, Basin yeah. or whatever. Do you know how they do oh. it? What do you mean? How they clear land, like thick vegetated rainforest. They'll get two. They'll get two of the bomb. (laughs) Just a small one. No, they get two of those massive vehicles that you see on mine sites with wheels that are like twice uh, the human size high, and then they'll string a chain between them and set them like a kilometre apart, and then just drag the chain along the ground. 
and the chain, when I say chain, I mean like it's yeah, a yeah. metre high, half a metre thick links and just rip everything out of the ground. That's what are, do, they, do they walk the land first for the animals? can't imagine. I mean, I, I don't know, but I bet they don't. I don't know. I'm not like, in, I'm not involved in land clearing processes, but I can't imagine that would be like, look, wait, everyone stop. Before we rip every plant out of this piece of earth, let's just wander through and check if there's any bilbies. Because, you know, come on, it's not like they we don't are. care about the environment here. <laughs> I can't imagine that being yeah, a conversation. Yeah, that's, that's such a dumb question to ask, but that's the no, first thing not. that it's came an e- to my head. Yeah, it's a knee-jerk question where you just hope that that would be the case. But it's, it wouldn't be. Of course it wouldn't be. We're clearing the land. We're not going to care about their home. We're not going to care about the animals. Yeah, it's, it's pretty messed up. Can I show you? Actually, I want to show you something that I found on um, Instagram yesterday. So, I can't... I'll find out who did this study but someone tracked the movement of one whale across global waters and put an animation together against the shipping lanes of ships going back and forth in straight lines and have a look at this I'll put this in the um, description of the podcast for anyone listening that wants to go and have a look so the red lines of the shipping lanes see that little blue dot Oh, yeah, yeah. Look at it trying to escape these ships. Like, it's just darting around. It's like crossing the road. Oh, my God. Like, it looks like it gets run over. Like, it's just, it swims slowly, hits a shipping lane, and then suddenly just darts somewhere else, going like, oh, my God, what was that? How does he get out? He doesn't. This is just this endless loop of animation. Like, this, I guess, what does it say? The blue dot depicts a whale trying to dodge heavy vessels traffic over the period of one week. The animation was made by Luis Bedrignana Romano to accompany his study published in the journal Nature this week. The study examined the overlapping paths of ships and blue whales in the waters off Chile and Patagonia. That's so sad. So it's sad. not across the world, it's just in one spot. But like, how? It's, it's like a prison without it being a prison. It looks like, for me, that is... I'm having the same emotional reaction to that as if I saw a child stuck on the harbour bridge trying not to get run over. Don't you yeah, reckon? No, e- like the way exactly it's bouncing that. around. It's and exactly that. The way that it like it, how heart wrenching it is, you're just like, oh every time it's so close. It looks like it kind of looks like that game of Tetris. <laughs> it like keeps trying to dodge it. That that really affected me so much, like so so flawed. But like cool idea, isn't it? To prove it pr- it proves such how an much visual. yeah that we, the impact we're having on nature and whales too. You would think there's such an expanse of ocean to swim in, but it can't escape this traffic. Yeah, it's used to covering like thousands of kilometers and it's just hemmed in. It's mind boggling. Yeah, and then you can, and then even worse is like blackfish where you see their fins just keel over and they start whaling and swimming around in a circle. Yeah, for, for anyone listening, blackfish, it's definitely, I recommend watching it. Just just basically for the, I don't know, it's a bit, it's eye-opening. It opened my eyes, but get the tissues ready. Yeah, get the tissues <laughs> ready. And I hey, know. no, not for that. Don't be crass. It's because you're going to cry, and it's so hardcore. Yeah. Sorry, you say get the tissues, and any male in their 20s is like, oh, yeah, get the tissues, right? <laughs> anyway. Seriously. Just trying to break the tension of how dark this is. <laughs> <I'm> so sorry. <laughs> yeah, but I, how, I hate when like people are like, I hate when people are like, oh no, I don't want to watch Cowspiracy. I don't want to watch it. It'll mess me up. 
and you're like, what? Like, what do you mean you don't want to watch it? It'll mess you up and people are like, I've heard, I've heard it's messed up. Uh, like, people who are just like unwilling to even think about changing their diet, they just yeah. like, don't want a bar of it. Yeah, that's, it's that's like, so you, true. To just chuck your head in the sand like that, it's just so, I reckon that's so irresponsible. I can't, I can't, I just can't understand people who are just like. Don't, yeah, don't you want to know? Yeah, but I, then again, I'm I just would... trying to like counter myself. There is a point where you're like, you need to start limiting the positivity and negativity or of what you're consuming information-wise. Yeah. And if it's too black or too dark and depressing, there it's, is, so it's a hard balance, I it, guess. It is a hard balance. And I feel like your diet's not just like what you eat. It's, you know, what you're putting into your brain, what you're reading, what you're watching, who you're yeah. hanging around with. Like, you know, because that can take, especially with so much going on, like that can take a real toll on people's mental health. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like, where's that line of, you know, ignorance isn't bliss. Like we all have access to the same amount of information. We should all be making these changes. Yeah. Within, you know, and small changes. Like no one's perfect, but hey, imagine how amazing the one would be if we all made these small changes. Mm. Or every time we went to the beach, if everyone just picked up some rubbish. Yeah. You know, like. I think it gets beaten up into being this thing. Like people think, people think that you either have to do so much stuff to, to compromise your life you have to do it perfectly yeah and yeah. it's like don't let the perfect be the enemy of the good you can just no. do a bit and that's good that's so much better than doing nothing exactly but, but I think people get put off by like the volume of change they might they feel yeah. they have to go through but isn't that just like doesn't that just speak of do you, well, kind do you of know what I've done okay I'll let you in on a little secret another secret <laughs> another yes secret. okay first secret <laughs> Leah loves grass second secret I do love grass um <laughs> <laughs> Just at the moment. <laughs> um, second secret is so obviously you know, like with my business, I'm very much like environmentally friendly, and that's the purpose and drive behind everything I do. If I go to a coffee place and I've you know forgotten my keep cup, and it it doesn't happen, but it often, but it does happen. I get so anxious because I'm like, what if somebody sees me? with this takeaway cup we're mm. going to be judged mm. is that a good or a bad thing haven't we talked about this about the, whether shame is good or bad oh, I don't know have we I think we have I feel like I've discussed it at length with somebody anyway I feel like it I'm could have pretty been sure me. it was you but I, I'm like shamed I like but isn't that so in a positive way right like where that's going to drive you to yes and no not find yourself in that situation again well I think it's a negative way because 95% of the time, I'm pretty damn good. Oh, you're so good. You're so much like, and this is coming, I'm, I have Without, the authority like, to say this because I've made coffee for you every day for the better part of five years. Yeah, yeah. So actually, I know this. Yeah, you know this. Like, of course hands. I know this, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but on the odd occasion, I've yeah. definitely forgotten it. Rushing out of the house, whatever it is. I, the guilt is real, and I feel this anxiety if someone I know, because I'm not practicing what I preach, mm. you know, that I'm yeah, like, yeah, yeah. it's all about being plastic free, I donate 5%, keeping our oceans plastic free, and then here I am with a non-recyclable co coffee cup yep. takeaway. That, I totally get it. I completely get it. I would say straight like, I can't away. I be out in public. <laughs> well, I would say straight away, this has got to be so <laughs> few and far between for you. It is. Not be, not be common. Well, during COVID, a lot of the time, you oh, know, you I couldn't. I out of so many places where they're like, no, I'm not taking it. Yeah. Out. 
I know you don't have to say that anymore, so I will make my own. Cheers. Yeah. <laughs> but the, the guilt was real. Yeah. You, I don't know. Isn't that crazy, like, though? Because here's you. 999 times out of a thousand you remember your cup and then the one day you, you suddenly that's like this huge thing in your day that you feel bad about and then there's people who never bring a keep cup and never feel bad about it <laughs> I know but that's the bad that, I think that's why it's a negative thing yeah because I shouldn't feel that way I'm like well what about all the other positive changes that I'm making which comes back to you know you you can't do everything perfectly but the changes that you do make that 95% of the time are still having a positive effect. See, this is where, I love that you've brought this up, actually. Thank you. Because, (laughs) A, I think it is such an important thing to, like, talk about Mm. because nobody's perfect, and I think perfect is really getting in the way of a lot of group behaviour change. Yeah. But also, like, that, it's, I almost find that thinking about the environment is a compass for my mental health. Because, like, what you're talking about is anxiety or yeah. or stress and, or status-related whatever or, like, what people oh, perceive you of, judgment, judgment, all of that judgment. stuff. Yeah, it's all, like, yeah. mental health And how I'm perceived, factors. exactly. Like, yeah. who am I as a person if I'm having a takeaway coffee cup? But then suddenly beyond that, it's looking deeper at yourself as, like, contributing to an ecosystem still. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's 2021 and it doesn't look like an ecosystem because... There's extruded plastic playground equipment over there and we're sitting on two different types of grass that would never appear at <laughs> DY Point. But, <laughs> but this is still an ecosystem and I know that you're thinking about it at that depth of like, what are the resources that it takes for me to be a human being today? Like that's kind of the frame that I put it in and I feel like yeah. I've noticed that about you as well. I guess I've never thought of it, like absolutely thought of it, but not that question specifically, mm. which, yeah, is... It's quite grounding, really, to think about that every day. Totally. It's grounding. Yeah. That's such a good word for it because it's like this, it's a full compass to really orient myself how, whether I'm going to sleep well, feel proud about how I spent my day and like mm. whether I put the resources that it took for me to be a human being today to good use to make the planet better or to like keep the loop going or am I, did I consume more today than I gave back and therefore, you know, I'm part of the problem or whatever. I just find they're, it like it's such a useful frame yeah. to look at my life in. It goes deeper than that too though. So not just environmentally. I think it also then goes with like who am I gonna love today? Like who's gonna who's gonna come into my life that I can show some love or gratitude towards or, you know, even just words of encouragement or whatever it might be. Yeah. That that goes so far because I think so many times people get so caught up in their own lives and like if anything's come good of COVID you know people have started stopping and like slowing down but I'm actually starting to see it go back to normal a little really yeah I feel like with like general connectivity in your social sphere or or just like what you see of people on the street um I think of what I see in people in the street, but also maybe in my social sector. Yeah. Yeah. Like the, I guess everyone's just so busy all of a sudden and it's like, we've come we've from, definitely talked about we've that definitely before. talked about that <laughs> and it's like, oh, I can't, you like, hey, let's catch up. Oh, I can't see you for six weeks. Sorry, I'm not available any. So we're like scheduling six weeks and you're just thinking, six weeks. <laughs> this is ridiculous. Yeah. Like, 
one of my best mates. <laughs> like, how come I can't see Heavy. You? Loosen up, whoever that but is. Like, come on. <laughs> but how crazy. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm like, what have you got to do? Yeah, <laughs> Where have you got to be? But it's back to... It's going back, back to, to the that. Back to badge of honour of pride. Yeah. It's like, oh, you wouldn't believe what I've been doing. It, it's almost going back there. Yeah. And it's so important, I think, not to lose what COVID taught us in that that positivity is just like be here and be now and be present and like hey like who am I going to see today hey I get to see roles how amazing I could get to have good chats like you know who knows what's going to come of that that's awesome you know like I don't know yeah as much and then you know we got to pick up some rubbish so not only are we helping each other on you know maybe like a positive mindset for the day but we're also contributing to the environment how awesome yep it's the, it's the whole thing, I that, think. Yeah. That, that's literally how I design my entire schedule. Like, it's un, sometimes it's unavoidable that's to amazing. have people where you, like, they're hard to get a hold of or it requires more forethought than just texting someone in the morning saying, hey, you want to go grab a coffee? Yeah. But, but I try and, like, that's the foremost factor in pretty much every decision of what to do each day is whether I'm going to be proud of it at the end of the day as far as... A use of my time. I think it's like decision fatigue. Yeah. Have you heard of that before? Yeah, I have. Yeah. I never have that. If, if, if I think about how I could contribute more to the environment as the biggest influence on my decision making, I never have decision fatigue at the end of the day. How beautiful though. Right? And that's like, that's, I, I identified that in my own mental health strategy of like, oh wow, that's a thing that makes me feel like shit, is when I'm lying in bed thinking about wishing I had done different things with my day or thinking about the things I hadn't been doing mm. and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, that's kind of a toxic thought pattern. And then as soon as I realized that using the environment as a frame for positive, feeling positive about the things that I've done, it's just like, I've been banging on about this to Charlie a lot recently about how this is just like, the environment is like a benefit, it's like almost like a secondary beneficiary of my mental health strategy like I'm looking after, trying to look after myself and, and it just so it just, happens that the best way I can do that is go out and do things that contribute best to the environment so that at the end of the day I'm not lying there regretting how I spent my day and feeling like there's no decision awesome fatigue but how awesome for the environment how awesome for me <laughs> how lucky is that like it's I reckon I reckon those yeah I just, I've, I've noticed like a serious interdependence of those things in my own but that Why? shows, um, like, that's very true to character of you too and what you hold, like, as important in your life and um, what you're passionate about. That's, but they, see, that, I think that that's really lovely of you to say and everything in generous. But, like, I look at it almost like I'm being as selfish as I possibly can here because I'm just trying to make myself feel good. You know what I mean? Yeah, but who doesn't, like... I feel good for picking up rubbish, but I. But it's also the beach is better. The animals are better. Like there are so many positives. There's no real negative in that. So then I ask of you. I know you're a busy woman doing important planet-saving other activities, but why don't you do it every all the time, every waking moment? At like, because if like think about if someone said, "Here's a thing you can take. Here's a pill you can take," means you have to it, like you you won't be able to walk or yeah. you won't be you'll be paralyzed here's a pill you can take you're going to be paralyzed for 20 minutes i'm sorry but it means that the rest of the day after that 20 minutes is going to be killer you'd be like 
probably take the pill. I'll make that work. I'll fit that into my schedule to be able to have 20 minutes out so that I can have that pill and guarantee that I will have a pill a day. And for me, the 20 minutes and the pill is just like doing some environmental activity. Well, I guess that's what they say about, you know, meditating too. Or, totally. um, you know, working out, how it gives you those endorphins. Or, you know, there are so many things that provide that. Yeah. For me, it's surfing or going to the gym. But sometimes it's even catching up with just a legend of a friend and you just come away feeling really positive and motivated about... Yeah. Like, I don't, I wouldn't just confine me picking up rubbish on the beach as, like, that one endorphin hit. Yeah, 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 good point. Whereas, like, I, I think when what, I'm there in the moment of picking up the rubbish or walking the beach and I'm seeing rubbish, 100% I'll go pick that up or, like, yeah, just yeah. walking the streets. But I, I wouldn't say I've actively, oh, no, that's a lie, I have actively gone to the beach to go pick up rubbish. Again, I can but, prove this. I feel like yeah. I've been there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't want to correct you about your own life here. I don't want to tell you you recounting your own history is wrong. I'm pretty much, I'm pretty much Dory. I forget a lot about my life. Well, I think you're spot on in raising that. That there's so many things to yeah. to give you that kill effect or that like beneficial. Yeah, it's not just the thing. one kryptonite. Yeah, but yeah. I think like I raise it because it took. I feel like such a goose. It took me so long to like. You are a goose. Yes. Well, that's why I feel like one. <laughs> It took me so long to put that together to like correspond cause and effect of how I felt after doing certain things and realizing that's the order that I need to do things in life to make sure that my mental state, mental health stays above X threshold. What if you're in a, a position, for example, obviously work has to come into play yep. and finances because let's face it, like we all need money to survive. Yep. So when work comes into play and you might not be able to get to the beach that day to go pick up rubbish and you can kind of maybe only fit in one or two of those things that you know in the list of your day that keep your mental health in check yeah yeah does that mean you have an average day then or like as opposed to do you mean wait do you mean like okay so say at the moment you you said you kind of have a checklist of things that like you do to keep your mental health in check on a daily basis you're not working full time at the moment no but when you do actually yes I am I'm working five days oh it doesn't feel like full time oh I I didn't know that (laughs) I take I take this back (laughs) okay so in that checklist so when you're working do you like do those things and like what if you don't check check them all off is what I'm trying to say yeah is it not then a fully satisfying day? Do you feel partially guilty at the end of the night when you're sitting in bed? Or is it just one of those checklists? No, definitely. Like, that's such a... a that's more what I'm trying to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, th- th- absolutely. Like, th- it's not... I don't I don't execute perfectly all of the time. No way. Oh, you're pretty perfect. No. Ugh. <laughs> I'm kidding. You're not perfect at all. None there, of us are. There's days where I don't get all the things done that I would like to have done for myself that day and it's I have like I don't know man sometimes like I'm trying to figure out how to answer this question I feel like a fucking crazy person because it like brings to the fore the fact that I have 10,000 different people in my head and it's about which one has the mouthpiece at whatever given time you know like Mm. I talk to myself so much and it's this I don't know if 
I don't, I've got no idea what goes on in other people's heads, but I know well, mine I is often I'm just talking. Yeah. Like I use the words, I use words like let's, you know, in my inner monologue. It's a weird thing to try and think about, like identify the specific format of thought, but I notice that about myself. I'm like, right, like if I'm halfway through a set of something in the gym and I'm like, oh, let's do it. Like, come on, like whatever, <laughs> you know, if you're, I think about how I talk to myself and then how I talk to myself at the end of those days is really bad and okay. I identify that it then like gets the, it, it, it it's a feedback thing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah because the worse that gets then the less of the likelihood that I'll be able to regain it and so when I talk to myself I like try and yell at myself at those moments of like don't let this be a turning point into a spiral of like feedback of negative feedback because that's so that's much good, of because like, you're, you're catching yourself then. Yeah, 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 totally. Which is good. Really, well, I yeah. really try to. And I feel like yeah. I'm, it's just like a thing I don't think I'll ever master, but you just get slightly better at it every time you realise that you've yeah, not well, been doing a good job. It's, <laughs> it's practice, but it's also recognition that, like, you... Um, yeah, okay, today you didn't tick all those boxes, but tomorrow's a new day. It's a fresh start, you know, but, like... Hey, what did you do? And how amazing is that? What totally. you did contribute? Yeah, see, there's yeah. A, I love thinking about this. My uh, An old friend of mine once said it to me. He's like, uh, when you're on your true path, the universe presents itself to you. Like and I that. thought that's a really nice way of, like, you know, describing when decisions seem obvious because you're just in a flow state of going from one thing to the next. Yeah. And then I had that in my head for maybe two or three years before I started to like modify my understanding of it towards like realizing, oh no, what the universe is presenting me right now is my true path. As in like, there's only one reality in three dimensions around me at any given day. So rather than when I'm on my true path, the universe presents itself to me. It's more like whatever I'm doing is my true path because that's what I'm doing. That's that's here. So yeah, that's look here around. And now. Be it, like if, in the moment. Yeah, and if it means that it's shit or like I'm not enjoying that moment, then I try. I'm like, okay, well then, where's the opportunity? There must be some opportunity here. The universe is giving me something through this. It's either a gift or it's a lesson, and it's just figuring out like which one of those it's going to be. Mm. But either way, it's going to be emotional advancement of some description from what I learned through yeah. the experience. So there's the opportunity there. But. I love that outlook. That's such a, I think, um, a mature way to look at it. A lot of people wouldn't look at it like that, I don't think. I didn't used to, definitely. Like, that would be, uh, I'd get myself in these situations at the end of the day going like, fuck, that didn't go how I planned it. Fuck, I wish that went better. Or I should have done this. Or like, like, being really nasty to myself. Like, if I was two people talking to one another in front of me I'd be like guys calm down like talk normally like yeah, be this nice. is ridiculous yeah. be nice to each other speak like and a dog and that's you talking to yourself yeah and obviously they're spectating in third person at the same time yeah. that was a weird thing to imagine but no like... I, I'm fully imagining <laughs> it I'm, I'm very visual yeah <laughs> this well, like, how fucked up is that to realise like you're talking to yeah. yourself in a way that you wouldn't tolerate anybody talking to you that way You'd be like, you'd either walk away or... So why do you talk to yourself that way? Yeah, I realised that. And I was like, that was this... And then that negativity is almost counterproductive as well. Like it's then not helping you maybe see fresh eyes for the next day. Totally. And what positive things you did the last day and how... Yeah. 
it's like, well, the opportunity is always there somewhere. It might be hidden in murky bullshit, like job drama or like a relationship problem or something, but it's like, it's there somewhere. And so the longer you spend whinging about all of the stuff on top of it, the less time you're spending actually waiting through and finding it and then yeah. extracting a positive outcome from whatever the situation is. There's a saying I really like that like has helped me a lot is that you can't really ever change like the the situation in front of you, but you can change your reaction to it. Yep. Um, because a lot of the time you can't you can't control anyone really. The only person you can control is yourself. Yep, and you know things happen in your life and and you've got no control over it or how people's emotions re you know how they react to to what things you say um the only thing you can control is how you react to them and if you show gratitude or love or um you know you see the positive opportunity in a shitty situation <laughs> so yeah yeah so through the lens of like climate change if we, um, if we like apply that on a macro level to the slow motion global apocalypse of climate change, is the where's the opportunity? Like, I think you answered it earlier in the, the things you've learned and that we've all learned through COVID because I fully agree that it's brought out a lot of good as far as mm. like community foundation and people reconnecting and staying local and supporting each other and whatever. Mm. It's just made us more, I think, emotionally mature but it came from something horrible, like a pandemic, which is itself kind of a symptom of climate change because someone decided to eat some exotic animal that was in a habitat we should have had nothing to do with. But there, there's, there was definitely an opportunity in that. 100%. So is like, I, I don't know, hopefully that's in climate change as well. It's like the fact that if we can get to the other side of it, it will only be because we have evolved together holding hands and singing <laughs> and dancing and no one says nasty words to each other. How amazing would that be? <laughs> yeah. yeah, giant ring of roses. right now, but that'd be amazing. But it's, it's true. I think um, people have more um, respect for the environment mm. now. I, I don't know. Maybe that's just in my close circles because they're the type of people I hang out with. So I'm speaking only of what I know and not out of the area. Because That's all anyone can ask of you. <laughs> yeah, I know. But <laughs> then I do see other people, you know, maybe not really respecting the environment. But I, in a business sense, I am seeing a lot more businesses take on, um, you know, it's not so much just for profit. It's yeah. more driven by change. Obviously, profit is in there, but there's always... A percentage going back to the environment and driving that and a lot more businesses being more like how can they you know leave less less of a footprint and be more um eco environmentally friendly and yeah the social think, impact stuff is so important now yeah i think awesome. that's incredible yeah um and it's a lot of new businesses to be fair it's a lot of startups yeah. that are coming around um that i'm seeing that happen and whether that's because people had that time in COVID to take a look at, at their business model and make those changes mm. um, that they, you know, a lot of the time they're just on the daily grind, keep pumping, yeah, yeah, it's something we'll, we will look at, we want to look at, but we haven't actually had the chance to. And I think COVID has 
really let people dig deep into their business model yeah. and make changes where and especially changes where we're keeping to the um, production in Australia and not going offshore yeah um, a lot of businesses are really looking into that and trying to keep it Australian made even though it's at the expense of the business yeah yeah it's, yeah exactly it's, it's the, like way cost. more expensive than just having it made in Asia somewhere exactly but it's a cost that the business is willing to keep yeah because they know well it's the value it's of that claim about, isn't it exactly it's the value of being yeah. able to say like appeal to their customers or whatever by claiming like nah here's the things I'm standing behind which is yeah yeah local security industry and, and then you hope that it's a genuine thing too but I, I feel it is and I think you can probably pick apart pretty quickly when it's not genuine people who don't mean it do you mean yeah yeah or like a business that's doing it because it looks good and therefore we're going to attract more customers and therefore in the long run we're going to get more profit yeah it's an, it doesn't look good, does it? No. It's like an ugly thing. When you but see then it. you look at businesses like Patagonia, and I feel that they really are doing it from a genuine perspective yeah. and a genuine place. It's such an enormous company. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like I think about they're I, growing pretty quickly. I don't know how to grow a company that big, but imagine if one percent for the planet, which they do, which is awesome, became two mm. percent for the planet. Oh. Doesn't sound like much to you and me, but imagine if that turned yeah. imagine if that turned twenty five million into fifty million. Suddenly, that's like. And then imagine. And you think obviously about, Patagonia is not the only company yeah. out there successful. Um, you think about all the other businesses. I don't know. I was really critical with Patagonia if, for a stage. Why? I don't know what the latest is with their food supply, because I don't know if you saw the Patagonia provisions. No. It's like um, it's like pre-packaged hiking meals and food and that sort of thing. Oh, no. Food for an outdoor lifestyle. Yeah. Which is all very good, but they are coming in single-use plastic pouches with non-reusable. Non-reusable with the little like I mean you could argue yes it's they're a soft plastic recyclable but I've lost faith in the red cycle yeah. after war and waste you know it just ends up in landfill or whatever. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they're all in the single use. And anyway, my, I've got like a very um, forthright mate who just called him out on it on Instagram and said, hey, this is kind of bullshit because that's a non-recyclable packaging. Seems like unnecessary harm and your whole thing is cause no unnecessary harm. I have not seen this. Yeah. And, I need to follow um, them more closely. Yeah. And then another mate of mine's like chipped in like, actually, yeah, that's a good point. What's the go? And then basically... Did they respond? Yeah. But... I mean, all of the language was about our retort pouches are blah, blah, blah. We're currently working to find a better solution, but, you know, retort pouches is what we can do, what, do at the moment. Something like that. It was definitely not saying, yeah, the plastic wrapper that we're using isn't good enough. It was a lot of sort of PR. And anyway, I just like, how many other companies are out there doing that? I don't think Patagonia is offering anything nutritionally different to what's already available, except they're True. Just, it's another packaging thing. But then... I'm going to bring it back to Do what we what we first. I don't hate Patagonia. In no, no, no. I know I just, that. It was one criticism I had no, back I, in the day. And fair. That's a you know for a company that that I guess is so um, you know environmentally and eco friendly, and they're trying. That's kind of their um, motto or yeah. their mission statement. And that's what the brand is built on as well. And they're making business decisions based on that for them to bring out a single use plastic is kind of controversial yeah. uh, so I, I'm with you there but then it comes back to the concept of 
not we can't all do everything perfectly yeah totally totally don't let the perfect be the enemy of the good yeah yeah and like what good are they doing as a big company yeah you know so that's so and they're not they're not a oil mining company (laughs) yeah 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 and they support amazing projects and they're like an extremely ethos oriented company it's fucking awesome and but maybe that one single use plastic like oh, and you can just imagine like the zeal of somebody just getting carried away in a board and just like oh why don't we do this yeah we make all this blah, blah, blah. and like just suddenly escalating it maybe without... you this could be your next podcast i actually did one like a long time ago about a wetsuit experience i have in patagonia where i spent however much on like the best wetsuit i possibly could because it was made of like good fabrics and stuff yeah um and then for whatever reason it was like a, just a defective suit and fell apart I took it to Patagonia to go surfing for six weeks and then within six weeks like so many rips and tears and it was just like falling to pieces so anyway to their credit they were like it was amazing customer service so I took it back and I like, oh, definitely shouldn't die here have a new one and I was like yeah cool thank you but, but. So yeah, I can't afford this with the idea Longevity. of like, this is the and last like, wetsuit I'm ever going to buy because yeah. I love this Patagonia thing of like if it's got a label we'll fix it for free how sick is that that's I why I bought that. it yeah and then and so and I told that to my old man and he was like, he was like you're so dumb this is a ridiculous customer service this is unheard of for somebody to be so like forthcoming Upset. with a refund and a new product and, blah, <laughs> and blah, here blah. you are kind of and like not, you are not happy, happy. yeah exactly yeah. exactly yeah <laughs> And so there was like amazing customer service wise and stuff. And like I had good correspondence with them and, and I don't, it's not like, same with the food thing. It's not like I, it's not like I no, identify no. it as an intentional thing that they're yeah. deliberately trying to destroy the planet by building a faulty wetsuit. Like I don't, yeah. it's ridiculous. I know. Yeah. But then, but, I, it, but it was, it kind of counteracts why you bought it in the first place. But and it where's to that the size wetsuit. of how big that company is and like, yeah. You know, yeah. it's not like it's not like going down. I think maybe that's one thing that Patagonia does so amazingly is they traverse that line between global multinational and local corner store so well. Yeah. Because their because their outlets are like engaged with their communities. They host events. They're like doing cool stuff. Yeah, locally. that's true. And it's like almost this facade that sometimes you forget that it's like this. I'm assuming it's like a multi-billion-dollar company by this point. I would assume too, too, but I'm not actually sure. Yeah. I know they're they're growing and they're growing quickly. Yeah. But it's true. You do feel like that community spirit when you go to a local Patagonia store. Yeah, it feels local. It feels yeah, it's a local vibe. But How like, do you achieve that on a global level? Yeah, I know it's mastery. But but I mean, it's by having pure intentions, isn't it? Like think about how yeah. they're grown there is by giving a shit. They probably did <laughs> start. Like in a little local corner store. Yeah, well, I'm pretty and sure it was that. Who's that guy? Um, he's got a funny name. Come on, Rolls. Let my people go surfing by <laughs> Yvonne Chenet. I know the book. Yvonne Chenet. <laughs> okay. I think he's written a few books by now. Okay. But he just sounds like this epic dude who's just like, was an avid rock climber and outdoor enthusiast and then just thought, nah, we can do this better. We can, yeah. But what you're saying is almost like, what we were talking about before as far as the guilt and like how much it costs to be a human on any given day whether the use of that single use Patagonia provisions plastic pouch retort pouch whatever Hmm. if that is a small part of someone having some insanely transformative experience in the mountains where they then come home and quit their job as CEO of oil company X and start giving all their money away blah blah and 
one part of that journey was tearing off that corner of that little retort pouch plastic packet and having that meal and thinking about life in the mountains. <laughs> and then, then you could very much argue that, hey, that was well worth extruding that plastic and putting that dehydrated food in there for Mr. Because now they've started a new business to donate 1% to the planet. To and go and pick up rubbish all day, every exactly, day somewhere yeah. and therefore reduce the amount of crap in landfill and in the environment. That is probably non-measurable. <laughs> yeah, but it's, isn't that so worth but, like... It's definitely thinking about. Yeah, I think I try and remind myself of that when I see things I don't like about, you know, like I still give out heaps of single-use coffee cups at work. I have to, like I don't. The well, industry's you were, not there, and yeah. I don't have a job yet. I, back at Steve mentioned, like exactly. the business you would have would collapsed every if day. I had said we just don't do this anymore. Even though that would have been more in alignment with like my moral yeah. aspirations. But I had obligations to a business partner, to staff, to everybody to like have a profitable business and the industry's not there yet. So have to just accept like accept it all. And reward, which is what you guys did, those that did bring their kick ups. Exactly, exactly. Like really promote Yeah. And you guys did that. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I remember the um I wanted been wanting to do it again for a while. I'm trying to think about where to do it. Maybe Manly Corso, the three hundred and sixty five cup staff. I love that. It puts it into like, perspective. Yeah, and then it's just undeniable, if, especially after COVID, how many people have two coffees a day and suddenly you, you achieve that level of waste in half the time. That's so true. Yeah. It's, it definitely puts it in perspective, but scarily too. You think that's just coffee cups. Yeah. What else? One like, person's coffee cups. One person's coffee cup. This is like the idea of landfill as a word. Like, think of, like break that word down yeah. as far as like the compounding two words, filling up the land. They always fill it up. With rubbish. With rubbish, yeah. That it's doesn't a, break down. It's just it's such not going a, anywhere. It's, it's the weirdest, grossest word. Landfill. <laughs> when you say it with that accent. Well... <laughs> You need to disrupt the monotony of otherwise. It's, it's, that's like a, that's like the word version of not seeing the rubbish that's right in front of you because you're so desensitized to its ubiquity that you then don't even think about what it actually is. True. It's like landfill, and you're like, yeah, that's that word that means something to do with waste management, or so this must be an environmental whatever in front of me, and blah blah, blah whatever the mental process is. You don't actually think about what the word is, landfill. And how not? dark that is. I, I think about it. I mean, obviously I do. <laughs> obviously I think about this you, a lot. You think about this. I think <laughs> about this. But does the, the everyone else think about it? Well, <laughs> everyone else contributes to it. So it's whether they're yeah. thinking about it or not. Do you, I've got a question for you. When you do your grocery shop, yep. you do a grocery shop. Yeah. Does the packaging affect your decision on Massive. buying? Yeah, me too. Like kale, I like some like Coles puts kale in plastic. Yeah, uh, I have my Woolies kale. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I specifically do go to a sushi shop that doesn't put their sushi in nice. the plastic. Nice. Yeah, they just pop it straight in a paper bag. Yeah. Um, so it does. It definitely does affect where where I choose to purchase. Yeah. But at a supermarket, sometimes it's it's tough because oh, it's way tough. The cheaper tomatoes are in the plastic container. Yeah. Why? Yeah. And the more expensive ones are not in plastic. Yeah, it's so distorted, isn't it? Yeah. Like, the fact that if 
you really commit to, to plastic-free or packaging-free yeah. and you only shop at Source or Naked or any of the other bulk food stores... Which you, dude, have that is to, a, you have to be massively privileged to do that, basically. I agree. You have it's to have expensive. the time and you have to have the money. Yeah. And it's I agree. Like, it's not accessible. No. And, but how perverse is that when you're thinking, well, wait, you're paying for less because you're not paying for packaging. So why, how could that possibly cost how more? How am I paying more? When I'm going to all this effort, how, does, how can that cost more? And it's like, I think because we're, that's such... It needs to be normalized. Yeah, exactly. It, we need, you know, those whole food places to be accessible for everyone. If the supermarkets were starting to do that. And apples, they've got, you know, they've got their own protective coating. Yeah. They don't need to be in a plastic container and you buy them in a plastic container. I, I don't understand that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, I've turned fruit and veg almost into like a mindfulness activity. Yeah. Like where I'm just like trying to, apparently you're supposed to do that. Apparently, have you heard of mindfulness? You might not have heard of it. You might not have heard of it. It's a pretty, pretty unique thing. Yeah, yeah. Not many no, people doing it. That's definitely, it's um, beyond me, I think. Yeah, well, anyway, <laughs> if I can just in- introduce you to this brand new idea you won't have heard about. Thank you so much. Tell me about this mindfulness Okay, of dude, I dissect fruit and vegetable like nobody's business, all right? I got techniques, <laughs> man. Tell me your technique. All right, so think about... Oh, my God, this is going to change my life. Okay, let's take mango because that is yeah. easily the best fruit okay. at this time of year. Yeah, agreed. Okay, so I've got my serrated knife and I've got my spoon. Boom, all the equipment you need. Maybe a paper so towel. Is it, no, 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 just go jump in the salt water. So, cheeks off. Yeah. you got the middle bit. Yeah. And it's like a disc. Yeah. I'll, like, hold the... You cut close to the pit so then you can hold... Use your fingers to, like, pinch it and then slide the knife in at the bottom. Don't look at me like I'm some weirdo. No, you no, start I'm, no, asking I'm, my techniques here. This is, this is not, this is me digesting this because I'm like, yep, yep, with you, with you. Like, like, what did you expect? No. <laughs> you cut it off and you eat it. So you get your, you get your scalpel, make a small incision at the six o'clock mark of the mango pit. With you, yeah. Okay, so then cut real close to the skin to get the skin off on both sides. Then yeah. it's like, hanging down like a banana peel on both sides. Yeah. Then use the knife. I hope everyone's writing this down. Use the knife to, <laughs> <laughs> to like cut slices 90% of the way, like not the whole way, so that it's still there hanging on, yeah. but it hasn't slipped out and fallen on the floor yet. Mind-boggling. Can't have that. Can't have the food. So it's just hanging there by a little thread, and then you can like eat it off the pit and then you just break that little last bit with your tongue where you just grab with your teeth and pull it off. That's genius. And you get a mouthful in without needing to like use your other hand on the fruit without dropping it. Anyway, work your way around okay, the mango time. pit, right? And then you end up with a mango pit and these two like elbows of skin. And then you got your two cheeks. Oh my God. That was, eating the pit was almost homework. Now you get yeah, to do, yeah. now you've got dessert. <laughs> <laughs> you got the cheeks and then you get your spoon and just dig right back Deep. to the skin. Love it. And then it's suddenly you just... There's my techniques. I love That's that. It. Do you know what? Next time we catch up. <laughs> what am I doing wasting my two. time with this podcast? <laughs> I need to be giving TED Talks. <laughs> mango. How to eat a mango. <laughs> yeah, uh, but I mean, I say that. Well, I've got techniques for tomato, for avocado. <laughs> you name it. I've probably got it. I've got techniques for all the vegetables. Yeah, I'm running a book, <laughs> Yeah, I've got a YouTube instruction series coming out. I'm, I'm expecting pretty good traction. <laughs> I'll watch it. <laughs>
this guy's this guy's legit. He changed my world on how to eat a mango. Yeah, I'm just basically just biding my time because I expect my life to explode as soon as I start uploading. So I'm just sort of you know waiting until I'm ready to be famous. You know? Oh well, can we still be friends when you're famous? Don't forget me. I think about it. Don't forget who helped you get there. I asked the question. If this blows up, you'd just be like my golden student, basically, because you're the first. Um, yeah, you know. well, let's no, let's just see if I do it right. Why do you first. even charge your tuition you fees? Like, up. there's going to be subscription and everything. Like, it's not cheap. Wow, mate's right. So <laughs> appreciate. It. Let's just see if I can follow the instructions first. Yeah, let's see. I'll probably have to listen back to this podcast. To be I, like, you know what? All right, ready. It's about what fifty-four minute mark. Okay, yeah, they talked about say? nothing important until <laughs> mangoes. <boom>. Mangoes, yes. <laughs> how, how does he peel the mango again? Let me <laughs> go back to fifty-four minutes. <laughs> Yeah, well. Nailed it. Yeah. Thanks for that, Rose. No, hey, really welcome. appreciate it. I know that. that's why you met, met up with me today. It's not to have a deep and meaningful chat no, about the universe. Never. No, no, no. It's how I wanted to really ask that question. You wanted to hijack some free expertise that could be taught at probably not university, maybe TAFE. But. but also, how good is just like getting some fruit, no plastic involved? Yeah. Just some cutlery that's yep. obviously reusable. And just. Yeah. See, There's no ways. I even peel off the stickers apparently in the edible. apples. Did you know that? The stickers? Yeah. No. Yeah, apparently they're no. edible. And that is why we have microplastics in our body. Search it. No, I think it's, I don't think it's, well, maybe it is. <laughs> maybe because it, of. Maybe it's like, yeah, you can eat it, it's sweet. You just pass it, it ends up in the drain, cool. Hey, these humans have all these microplastics in their body. How did this happen? Because <laughs> Rolly's promoting on podcasts. That the stickers are edible. I think um, my listenership Myth is probably busters, no let's risk get it. to the census based off my who listens to this. <laughs> Don't care this. No, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure they're edible. Look, and isn't that sad? Because it just speaks to how many people are just going to eat it. So you better make sure it's not going to kill them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, I'm not going to stick around to uh, to try. Yeah. So I'm going to still peel my you're stickers not, You're not off. just going to start eating stickers as no. a matter of like principle? No. You know what? Next time I have I'm going to actually need to go and search this and just confirm if I've been talking absolute shit or not. If it's plastic. No, but I think it's it might be sticker. like a... Dissolvable. Yeah, some cornstarch, something, probably. I don't know. But do you still want it in your body? No, probably not. I was just thinking about a facetious video I might send you of like me eating a sticker at some point in the near future, but... <laughs> Now I'm rethinking it because I might have just been talking out of my ass this whole time. So, uh, in which yeah. case, I probably maybe just I'll probably be better maybe just it. research that one before you actually eat it. On Ecosia, not Google. What? Have you have you heard of Ecosia? No. Ecosia.org. It's no. like a search engine. It's just like exactly like Google, except they plant trees depending on how many searches you. That's amazing. Make. Yeah. Ecosia. How do I spell this? E C O S I A. Amazing. Dot org. Yeah. Awesome. It's like a really basic thing you can do to like to reset help. your home page or whatever or whatever your default browser is. To, That's awesome. Yeah. I'll link it to you. Please do. Yeah. I anyway, love that. Look up the edibility of uh, fruit stickers on your face. On your face, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know what I'm doing tonight. <laughs> what's, um, what's the latest with Leah's mark? The latest um, in terms of... In terms of you being uh, up-and-coming activist, artist, taking Sydney's Northern Beaches by storm, oh. is, is in terms of... Yeah, oh, sorry, sorry, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just wanted you to say that to everyone else. <laughs> just got it. Yeah, fair play. Happy um, to do it. Please lead me in. <laughs> um, well, I 
I'm definitely trying to branch out a little bit more. Um, yeah, obviously, the more profitable the business is, the more I can help, you know, with the keeping our oceans plastic free. That's, that's really the main goal. But in terms of everything else, um, I'm trying some new things. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to get more into um, textile design. Cool. Yeah, so I'm doing um, a print library and going to be releasing that hopefully in like May. A print library for people to put onto like upholstery or something? Yeah, so for example, you um, being, you know, a barista, you might want for your new coffee shop um, a cool print for your takeaway coffee, your reusable coffee cups. so, you know, it can basically go on anything. So I'll do a print library of all designs. The only thing that's like, and I'd love to hear your feedback on this, that is kind of stopping me is I'm so um, picky with companies I work with. So mm. mass production. I'm all about the environment. You know that. I do know that. But how... It, companies will be able to access this print library and choose designs and pay for the licensing fee for these designs on baby clothing, on stationery, on... like on potentially unsustainable products, is that what you're yes. thinking? Yeah. Heavy. I don't know. I have no idea what to direct you with that. That's... Help me, really. Oh, I know what you mean. Well, I mean, <laughs> isn't, I... That, isn't that a great example of like not letting the perfect be the enemy of the good? Of like, hey, I can't... You have no control over what people use it for, but the more profitable, more people that buy it, the more you're redirecting. Can I control it? Can is it an application process? We have a visitor. Hello, fella. Hello, fella. (laughs) (laughs) Oi. We don't mind a little visit, little doggy visit. (laughs) Hello. He's so cute. Hello. Hey, naughty. Hey, naughty. So cute. Okay, Chubby, sit down. Chopper, sit down, good boy. Sit down. Chopper? Oh, Chopper. Chopper. Yes. That's a great name. So cute. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, <laughs> 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 you got you good? <laughs> um, yeah, that's hard. That's hard. Is it controllable, though? And they have to have, like, a somewhat environmental ethos. Well, I think that... Where do I draw the line? I think you're kind of safe in that people will... I think, like, such a... I I will attract like-minded businesses, do you think? Like, like, I love your artwork because you capture some amazing shit in the stuff you paint. (laughs) But also, I love your business and I love why... I know that why you do it is so that you can give back and, like, redirect the money you get in from it towards things that contribute and things that make the world a better place. So that's, like, for me... It's no comment against the art, but that is almost equally as like appealing from a consumption standpoint of like how I want to spend my money. So I would think that like Shell or BP is less likely to want your products for something than <laughs> hey, don't limit me. No. Than you know a local yeah. Whole Foods store That's or something true. like that. Um, but but then know, what if they're mass producing in China? That's like maybe not ethical well you're making it ethical it's an ethical product like they are using an ethical product 
So even if it's... No, but if it's my print going on someone else's product, so it's my artwork. Yeah, 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 but it's a step in the right direction to make that someone else's product a more sustainable product because yours is a component of it. And if they started making, you know, um, responsible or, like, really environmentally informed decisions about the other components of that product... Then eventually, I take a um, coffee cup for example. You got like yep. three components to it. There's the cup, the lining. The, the well, lid. it's like the paper, yep. the plastic lining. No, not even the lid. The paper and the liner oh. on the inside to make it waterproof, and then the ink on the paper on the outside. They're the three things that make up yep. the coffee cup. I guess the fourth would be like how it's manufactured and the, the top of it's rolled down and the bottom of it's stapled or whatever. But yours, you're like taking care of one of those four components. That's and making that like a an ethically sound component of that cup. And maybe companies have to do that one by one. So the next thing they look at is, okay, we're going to start using post-consumer cardboard rather than virgin cardboard. And then the next thing is, okay, we're going to change that oil-based plastic liner to a cornstarch-based plastic liner. Yeah, okay. And then the last bit is, actually, I've got a machine that can do twice as many in half the time, so it uses way less electricity. So that's the last one. And it's just like... So it's, it's what you're saying is it's this is a pretty optimistic viewpoint. Stone in the right direction. Totally, totally. You would hope. Exactly. Well, you have to hope. I mean, like yeah, without how hope. How depressing what's, is life what, if you yeah, don't? What's that life without hope? Well, if you're just like that level of pessimism or, or yeah. cynicism can like get you down after a while, and you kind of have to assume, give people the benefit of the doubt that they're doing it because they want their products to be to be more ethically sound. Mm. So I wouldn't sweat it, especially because you're like. I mean, if there is, surely you'd realise if there was some egregious misalignment of brands, then I guess yeah. you could make exceptions. But I'd just start doing it and see what happens. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's good advice. And feel good Thank about you. the fact that, like, you know what you know what you're doing with the money. Yeah. So you can, yeah, just run after it. That's exciting. Yeah, it is exciting. Yeah. New direction. I think I got... Um... I'm guessing painting is one of those... Sorry to interrupt. No, go. I'm guessing painting is one of those activities for you that we have no decision fatigue. No, I do. Or Absolutely. Do. Like while you paint or after you've painted, do you think like, oh, I could have done something else instead of that? Um, I think because it is a job and a lot of the time mm. I'm not painting things that I want to paint and being commissioned by other people right. to paint something that they want. Yeah. So, which is why I'm really excited about this new collection because it's everything that I love and live and breathe and it's about the ocean and surfing and just what it means to me and what it's done for me. I'm really passionate about this new collection mm. basically because it's going to look really cool. But yes. <laughs> also yes. it's the meaning behind it. Yeah. Um, and also the inspiration that I got from a lot of other females in surfing mm. as well and what it means for them and, and how it's helped them through tough times. I so. watched um, Girls Can't Surf recently. Have you seen Oh, that? no, I haven't. It's really good. Okay, I need to watch it's it. It's really good. Like, I feel embarrassed by how ignorant I was of professional female surfing in, like, the 80s and stuff. Where, where was this on? Um, at the Outdoor Cinema in... Oh, yeah, I think it's like quite a new film. Okay. And I'm amazing. imagining it'll come out on like Netflix or whatever, something yeah, some or platform. Apple. Yeah. It's awesome. Oh, how good. Oh, that's so that's cool. Fine. Yeah. Well, that's another so thing about like the stuff you paint is it's not like you're um, painting V8 engines, you know. You're no. painting like. But 
sometimes I am though. Right. Oh, right. So, for oh, example, I, I got asked um, recently to paint, you know, a car for a marketing thing, and like n- nothing excites me about it. Yep. Because, yep. <laughs> like, there's not one thing that I can relate to it, and. Yeah, okay, I get to paint. Like, how amazing. I get to paint for yeah, a living. Yeah, let's let's be door. grateful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get to sit at a desk and paint, listen to my own music at my own home. Like, yeah, it's, it's amazing. But it doesn't excite me. Yeah, yeah fully like, get it. So, That's yeah, I do have decision fatigue for yeah. sure. Like, it's sometimes really hard to get motivated to paint something that you're not passionate about. Mm. But that's, that's a job. That's yeah. any job. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. I'm so passionate about the bigger picture of Leah's mark. And, hey, I've got to do this job that I don't love, but it's going to get me to the bigger picture. And it's also, surely, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but it must be making you better at uh, painting. Yeah. It's still practice, right? Yeah, like it's practice. still hours with yeah, the paintbrush in your hand. Absolutely. It makes you better execute the things you are passionate about. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's- it's skill technique, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I'm sure you've done 10,000 hours by now. You must be. Yeah, I would have probably. Yeah. I've done a lot of painting. Yeah. It's time to ensure my... How's that feel? That makes you... That's like... That's the quantitative definition of mastery, apparently. It's 10,000 hours of practice to, like, become a black belt or something. So I'm, I'm a black belt in painting? You're a black belt in painting, wow. yeah, fully. Whoa. Did I'm going to write... That's going to be the title <laughs> of this episode. how do episode. I know I've Painting done... black belt. <laughs> How do I know I've done 10,000 hours? Oh, you must have. I, w- I would have. You've been painting. Definitely. Have, have you painted since day one of your memory? <laughs> I'm assuming you didn't like just start doing it at the hospital yeah, when you were born, but like since you were. I've gone out and I've been able to paint my shimmer hand and all yeah. that. I'm guessing it didn't go down like that, but since you've no, I obviously have, been I have making been, decisions about what you do. I have been painting for a very long time. Yeah. Yeah. That's about 10,000 hours by Yeah, now. I would agree with that. Yeah. What do you do for a living? I'm a master of painting. Oh, uh, you know, this and that, bit of mastery If anything, here. I'm like nervous to say what there. I do for a living. What I'm do you like, say when people ask what you do for a living? Oh, I just say, oh, I just work for myself. Wow, that's an intriguing response. What do you do for yourself? <laughs> <laughs> I, I actually hate saying it. Why? Not because, I don't know, I feel like it's... You're awesome. What you do is awesome. What do you, you should be like... I know. When people, sorry, I don't mean. No, I love. I love the purpose of what I do. That's amazing. I will tell. I'll sing that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, I, I feel like it just. I don't know. Does it sound a bit wanky? Like, no I'm way. an artist. <laughs> no way. Why? I don't know. I don't think so. You don't think it sounds wanky? I think it's mad. It's like something you can be so proud of. You like you work for yourself. Yeah, that's why I just say I work for myself. Yeah, but then like instantly <laughs> people are like, oh, what do you do? Oh, I just, I just paint, I paint pretty things. I um, I've been trying to figure out like what the, what's an easy non-weird question to ask. That's instead of what do you do for work? Oh yeah. Because you know how that's like from, most it's people don't do what they love. You. Yeah. Yeah, and so it shouldn't I? I it shouldn't define someone. Should, it doesn't define those people, right? People who don't do what they love for a living no. and make money from it. No. That shouldn't be the first defining characteristic I want to know no, about. No, but them. it's one of the first questions people ask. Exactly, it's so common. Yeah, it's so common, and so I'm trying to figure out like a, it, because it's so common, it's weird when you don't say it almost, or it yeah. feels like there's a, an expectation or a weight that you should say it. And if anything, I found this when I, you know, was was dating that people, my friends particularly, would be like, "What do they do?" 
as opposed to like I don't know asking if I like them or if they're a nice person yeah, they're like yeah. oh what do they do like let's define them by what they do well that's kind that's of like a... that's in the opening song to my podcast these days is like that's kind of how you define someone is by their actions but it's just that it's just I guess like distinguishing that the actions they perform in exchange for money are not necessarily reflective of their character but yeah that's true I'm with you like I, I'm indignant about that being the defining characteristic of, of people you meet or how you recall somebody is what they do for money yeah because sometimes there's well it's like a total privilege to get to do what you want for money yeah rather I than agree. going like man yeah I feel so bad for some people who are trapped in like jobs they don't like and stuff because I can sit on my high horse and be like oh we should just quit it's like well yeah cool roles that's a mature thing to say what about the family they have or what about there's other people involved yeah whereas you and I don't exactly have that yeah I've got such a simplistic attitude towards it and I try and remind myself of that that like it's that maybe it's more of a selfless thing yeah. that they're doing because it's putting food on the table, exactly. it's putting their kids through, you know, um, private schools. Maybe they're just or... painting a watercolour car because they want more opportunity to pull plastic out of the sea. Exactly. Yeah, fuck yeah. 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 <laughs> That's probably a good um, sentiment to finish on, I reckon. I love, I love it. All right, we hate the turtles. Make sure you um, chuck as many cigarette butts out the window as you can, and um, we'll talk to you later. <laughs> can you believe radio doesn't want me? Like, unbelievable. No, I mean. <laughs> Wasn't Leah just on fire in that conversation? So many of these little vocal, verbally grenades that she just pulled the pin on and dropped, and then I was just like, oh, yes. And... You know, it's, oh God, I'm just sounding like such a dork right now because that I'm just so passionate about a good conversation. But that was such a good conversation. I really enjoyed it and I hope you enjoyed it as well. And I hope it introduced maybe a few ideas that you haven't thought about before, like the idea of animal mental health. Because like, where's the line? Where's the line drawn between, like we agreed that animals have mental health and that's kind of evident by any number of distressing marine documentaries or just your bloody dog wagging its tail at the end of the day. So if we agree that animals have mental health or sentient beings have mental health, however you want to define it, there's a line somewhere because does an ant have mental health? Oh, shut up, Rose, that's an insect. Okay, okay, hey, calm down. Just asking the question because there's a spectrum of life on Earth and... Okay, let's take maybe a more simple animal like a mouse because I guess science loves mice for their ability to study them and I'm a scientist, obviously. That's why you're listening. (laughs) Um, So does a mouse have mental health? Probably because it gets scared when scary stuff's happening. But, I mean, what does that mean about puppies and kittens? You know, like there's so many questions about the weird subjugation of the animal kingdom that human beings have just become so proficient at in such a morbid way. But it's an interesting thing to consider and I'm going to continue thinking about it. So if you've got any uh, suggestions or philosophical hypotheses or you just want to shout out or something, I don't know. (laughs) Shout out, that's fine. 
chuck it on my Instagram or write a comment or a review or something. And I'm actually really interested to explore more ideas about animals and mental health because I still haven't really arrived at a neat and tidy conclusion for that other than, you know, what is happening is what's supposed to be happening because that's what's happening. Rolls, are you in there? Are you listening? Hey, pay attention. Pull your headphones out, mate. I don't think I can't see you up there at the back of the class, Rolls. This is, see, this is what I mean. So many different versions. And this is, I guess, the irritating, try-hard Buddhist teacher <laughs> teaching a classroom full of um, subordinate and insolent other versions of me. I'm trying to just like remind myself here as much as anybody else that what's happening right now is what's supposed to be happening. In, at my weakest moments, I get so lost in thinking like, oh, I wish you know, something different had happened to what has actually happened. Or I wish I could control a certain outcome that is just beyond my control. And losing sight of the fact that what what's supposed to be is. That's it. What's supposed to be is. Five words, write it down a hundred times and I will be, that'll be the homework. Who am I talking to at this stage? If I if I don't know that, I should probably just need to shut up. Um, thanks for listening. Thanks so much. That was awesome. Thank you to Leah for the chat. Thank you to you, you absolute dead set hero, for choosing to listen to this podcast. And if you enjoyed it, please do. Um, oh, God, this is always so hard. Please uh, write, review, uh, write, subscribe, uh, tell your mates. Uh, make sure that you uh, basically just do all my marketing for me um, for free, please, because um, I don't actually make any money from this. Wow, that fr- went from satire to reality really quickly. Okay, thanks, guys. Bye.